0: Welcome to the B-Sides and Beers podcast.
1: 3 two, one, Go. do it! oh let's do i let's do it. Oh let's do, quiet. Oh, let's do quiet. Oh, let's
0: with the Disco Flip Welcome To B Sides and Beers episode 58. Tonight we're talking all things Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys, what's going on? Nice. Woo! <laughs> they're coming home.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're coming home. They're
0: coming
2: boom
1: Oh, yeah. I can't believe this is episode 58. I know, yeah. right? Wild. Holy quark. Wild. Wild. <laughs>
2: uh.
1: Let's jump right into it. What
2: are we drinking here? Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, who wants to go first? Go for it, man.
0: I will go for it. Okay, so I've got two here. Uh, one is from Fernie Brewing Co., and it is called Contour Contour Cherry Ale, a fresh and fruity punch. Ooh. Have not opened that yet, so we'll do that in a sec. And the other one is from Squamish, B.C., back country brewing uh nice. these guys always have the best names for all of their beers it, it's always brilliant yeah. so they do a lot of movie quotes so this one is when life gives you lemons just say f the lemons and bail <laughs> 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 that's uh that's a paul rudd line you think of the movie this is 40 no fuck um Anchor man for forgetting, Sarah Silverman, Marshall, Marshall. Oh, <laughs> I Silverman. Know. Yeah, no. So this is a <laughs> it's a pink lemonade sour. So,
1: ooh, a backcountry that'll
0: be good. Yeah, stoked for those. So it. yeah, Excellent. next, right on. Wait, wait, here's the sound bite. Uh, crack. Dane,
1: Dane, what you got? been working on this uh, Whistler Brewing Co Rambler pack. Nice. What's in that? So we've got a Bear Paw Honey Lager, a Chestnut Chestnut Ale, Mountain Pilsner, and a Whistler Brewing Co Hazy Trail Pale Ale. So Yeah, and I just uh,
2: thoughts on that? I've tried all those. I had that pack.
1: Not bad. Not bad. Um it's funny. I'm not used to drinking like the regular size cans. It's so weird, isn't it? And F- I just bizarre. like two sips and I'm like done. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I rest. have to recalibrate <laughs> <laughs> how I drink beer. But uh, I like the pills. Um, the chestnut ale, like, it's one of those like kind of, it's kind of sweet for me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's like, it is sweeter than usual. Like
2: a, a not brown ale. Yes. I'll give you that for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um the hazy is uh it's decent. It's decent. I don't mind it. It's 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 good. Uh, but I think the Pilsner's my favorite. Yeah, the
2: Pilsner is good.
1: Yeah, and um sorry, they're out of um Miller Creek Road Whistler BC. Whistler.
2: Whistler Brewing Co.
1: That makes sense. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. <laughs> Names right on it. Uh, I went going back. I <laughs> I kind of forgot. Sorry, were you done, Dana? I jumped in there. Are you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went back. I kind of forgot about the the peach bod. The oh yeah, the oh, yeah. And, I, and then I saw it, and I kind of got excited because the peach bod is yeah. fantastic, and, and that candy is so good. Um, yeah. But it, again, Steve <laughs> Kitchen crushing it. Yeah, totally. And I saw. Whoa, I'm like.
1: It's trippy, man. Whoa, trippy. <laughs> uh,
2: I'll fix that while...
0: Oh, there we go. Having uh, some having some Zoom background issues.
2: Yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's so good. And it just reminds me of summer and last summer. So uh, it, that's good. Red Collar Brewing Company is the next one. And that one's out of uh, Kamloops. And I've had some of their stuff before, but I have not had a, a their blonde. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, so that's what I got, and I haven't cracked this yet, because I've been hitting the peach pods, so I'm kind of pumped, because I like blonde ales, so I'm excited for that,
0: so that's what I I got. Yes, beasties, beasties. Yes, beastie Beastie boys, whose idea was this? I don't know, we've been talking about this off and on for over a year, I think, and yeah, pretty sure it was flip, but. Yeah, I'm glad we finally made it, because damn, I'm beyond stoked for this one, so. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Did you get through the entire catalog? I went through everything again and again and again over the past what three weeks now. Yeah, yeah. And It's it, it's it's great because it we'll we'll talk about it a little later, but it brought me back to some other um, scratch DJ stuff that I was big into in the early two thousands. So yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So I had a I had a I had a really good stroll down memory lane with a lot of these these uh you know i i listened to a lot of the bc boys in that time frame from then till now but um yeah it's been so long since i've i've dug into a lot of these other cats that it was it was quite refreshing to get back into it so yeah <laughs> and, and you know i went
2: through uh, through the catalog too dane and i i yeah. think i realized too how much i know like and how much oh, i yeah. remember and like how much I really did listen to these albums. Um, But when I went back to some of them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know this song. I remember this song. I know this one. (laughs) I remember this one. Yeah. (laughs) And then you just, you kind of, you're working and you just start like rhyming along to the parts that you know, right? That you just kind (laughs) of catch on. You're like, I'm into Continental when I eat French toast. And it just (laughs) kind (laughs) of, you know, those different lines that you pick up on, you don't know them all, but you know some and some better songs better than others. Right. But. Yeah, you get a yeah. you get a hook that just you know always, you know. It, you can always pick it out. You know what I mean in yep. in in hip hop songs like that. So uh <laughs> yeah, it was good. Same thing for me. Like you know, I started listening to Beastie Boys at an early age. You know, and Dane, you and I were kind of listening to Beastie Boys together too. Like, and I always remember that. And I don't know if we came up with this or and maybe you remember this or maybe we heard it or read it from. Somewhere, but we always said that uh, BC. Boys was rap for skaters. That's what, we, that's what we always said. It was. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like rap for skaters. And then
0: I'm like,
1: yeah, well,
0: it, <laughs> maybe it, it is it's, now. It's, like, because of the, it's because of their you know, their, their punk influence. That's what they started with, right? So that goes hand in hand with the skate punk thing and that, you know, and, and New York hip hop goes hand in hand with a lot of skate. And, you know, they're just kind of always been on the same page, so. Totally. And, um, but we sort of jumped in right
1: when, like, it was like, check your head. And so it was kind of like after the hardcore punk stuff, after the party music. I remember just like they had toques and t shirts and like baggy pants. And I was like, that's awesome. That's exactly how I want to dress. That's exactly, you know, what I like to listen to is like this kind of gritty hip hop that had sort of like rock roots, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. Like right. I just know there was like a bass line that I learned and have and I, every time I pick up a bass I still play um oh shoot and now I forget the song. <laughs> uh uh give me a second here. <ophone ringing> gratitude. Yeah, yeah that's it gratitude. I love that lick. Mm-hmm Uh,
2: You know, and I watched, I don't know if you guys watched, uh, you probably watched a whole bunch of live videos, but I don't know if you came across uh, Live on Letterman, 94... Um, yeah yeah yes yeah. 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 playing sabotage oh, yeah. and yeah. some um, yeah. MCA I mean uh, so great on the bass like the and then when oh, he kicks man. it and the guys like just press on the keyboards there and just waiting for him to do the solo and then it's just like Bom, boom, boom, yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, yeah just so good it gives me chills every time he does it and then the lick at the end
0: it's funny because it's such an easy song to play but it's a very difficult song to play because you have to know that the changes are 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 kind of odd and the strumming pattern is just kind of more flow than structure and um, yeah I, I did a I did a video playthrough video or whatever a couple weeks ago on that and it's uh it, it was tricky getting those little parts and getting the okay when's that slide gonna come in and when's the the little intricacies so yeah 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 just so good and
2: an amazing evolution To Like you said Dane Like The party music From that From Ill Communication Or I'm sorry From uh, License to Ill To yeah. Check your head And then You know To go to Ill Communication These are like a, a total evolution Of this band From You know Going from You know Talking about girls All the way to Now I, I want to You know Don't show no disrespect To women You know It's got yeah, to be through You know it's it's yeah. totally different, and now he's you know a tibetan monk and yeah. it's a totally different b- band at this at this stage right
1: yeah, yeah. absolutely and within three years I th- Paul's boutique, there's elements of they've got oh, sorry paul's boutique of, I, I i miss that yeah. in, the, in the mix yes, yeah, sorry. yeah it's still party music at paul's boutique um but i it it seems as though they're getting into more kind of like jazzy soul stuff it's getting a little yeah. Um, you know, grittier. It's not this kind of like funny. Uh, I mean, at times well, it is funny, boy, sure. I mean, there's like Eggman and, and yep. uh, all sorts of you know, the sounds of science. Most of it is funny. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, all that <laughs> you stuff start to hear cheese
0: elements, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it was starting off with yeah. License to Ill being produced by Rick Rubin. It, it came go, down yeah. to being, you know, old school hip hop, run DMC kind of a. a, a influence mixed with rock and metal, you know, when, when ill communication first, com- uh, the very first track off of that is, uh, uh, rhyming and stealing. And it's the, when the levy breaks, Led Zeppelin for the drum, like the entire time is the drum hook for that. And every other song in this, on this whole album has that rock, Feel to it. I mean, yeah. you got you got no sleep till Brooklyn has Carrie uh, King from Slayer doing the guitar solo. <laughs> I forgot about um, that because until I totally saw the oh, video, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I totally forgot he's on this song. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you, you you go with with Rick Rubin as as producing and and you know writing credits, and then on Ill Communication, then you go to Paul's Boutique in uh, ninety or sorry eighty nine and that whole album was produced by the Dust Brothers. And was it? The, completely. And, oh, I didn't know that. And they yeah, so they it was all the music was done by the Dust Brothers and then Beastie Boys just did their rhymes over it. And, really? And and the the really cool thing about Paul's boutique is it's one of those albums that can never be recreated due to the amount of samples that were used <laughs> yeah. in it. It, it, it has hands down the most samples out of every, any, uh, you know, professional release album ever. And the amount of money it would cost to just for royalties to, I I don't even know how they did it. Like they, they just got it in at the time where they didn't have to pay that much. So you go from, you know, they probably paid about $200,000 in royalties. Just to just to get clearance to use these samples and now it would be millions and millions or just completely impossible to do. Yeah, that's an interesting fact and, uh, and I mean you, you get you dig into you dig into Paul's boutique and I mean they're they're the, they're sampling Beatles they've got like three Beatles songs <laughs> they've sampled in one song. they've got Bob Dylan they've got. They've right, got that's all such these, a great fun, and, and too. they take all these really cool samples, and they either speed them up or slow them down. And if you're not really listening, or if you if you don't know the original songs, you don't catch it. So I've been doing some really big deep dives here in the last couple of weeks, and it's like wow, like I, I knew that was familiar, but I didn't know it was this because it was sped up or pitched up or slowed down and yeah. pitched down. Um, yeah, ridiculous. And then uh, you know you you jump into you jump into Check Your Head, what three years later, and it's just completely stripped down where it's it's beasties and they're going back to their their hardcore punk roots and it, it you know w- when you look at that and Neil Communication it's basically old school mixtapes. So you gotta wonder,
1: and this is so Check Your Head is '92, and this is gangster rap is sort of you know making it. Uh, Whatever emergence mm-hmm. on the youth, mm-hmm. and um, they're starting to be—you um, know—heads are turning, and people are, are more aware of, of hip hop. And I wonder if the lawsuit started rolling in, and so they're like, "Okay, dudes, you're gonna have to make your own music because <laughs> we can't be sample—we can't be sample happy any yeah. longer." Yeah. It's... So I wonder if that and and the the crazy thing is picking up their instruments. Um, it was like the perfect time to do it too. Totally and they were all of a sudden this like alternative like rap band instead of like hip hop it was like alternative yeah and they totally fit the mold oh, yep yeah cuz so they, they had the like, talent
2: and they had the experience of, of doing that before too right and
1: and that's the thing and like you can't do like you know like party music forever. You can't just like, you know, so they, they reinvented themselves at the right time and they were able to do it. They had like, they, they had the ability to
2: do it every step of the way too. Right. And I just kind of want to circle back to a couple of things that you guys said, because there's some good points there. And the first thing you were talking about gangster rap, Dane, and I read something and, and I, I don't know who it was. And I, Uh, I should have wrote that down, but they said that they're pretty sure that License to Ill is the first gangster rap album. Because they're like, when you think about it, it's full of misogynistic themes. It's got drug and booze glorification, and it's got over-the-top violence. And they said that all of these are like the definition of a gangster rap album. And this is 1986. So it's like, okay, well, who else has
0: made something like this before this uh, right were, like there were two there were two albums i'm just trying to think or two artists i'm just trying to think uh, give me a second here keep yeah rolling. yeah but, I'll, and, I'll and it, i but. thought
2: that was interesting because i you know because and right. i didn't i saw that late so i didn't have a, t- a chance to really kind of dive in deeper into it but i was yeah. like okay 1986 i'm like that's pretty early and you know i can't think of another one like that but if you come up with one let me know let me know. But, uh,
1: I mean, if not one of very few, yeah. Like we're talking were dawn hell, of there like emergence, two. right? I, yeah, I know yeah, there was yeah. two
0: in that era. Um, I want to say Ice T, eighty six. He was he was one of the one of the first. What was it? Because it was Body ice. Count. No, it yeah Body Count. That's a great. <laughs> have you heard the new Body Count? It's unreal. unreal. It's <laughs> unreal. It's so good, man. Oh, is it? It's so good. Yep. Isn't he like sixty five? Doesn't matter, man. It's it's killer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, and you sure know, was... what? going back to, I wanted to say, Rhyming and Stealing. You said, you know, when the levy breaks, that kicks in, and then it goes into Sweet Leaf. Like, yeah, it's it's that's the oh, whole. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the whole like so good riff. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, but and I read too that Carrie uh, King did not like the song. Did not like the band, and I guess the feeling was mutual. They were just like, No, oh, I bet <laughs> they did not like each other. I read that, I had a pretty good laugh at that, too. So, um, oh, but it's funny, I, mean, I at think, that time.
1: Would that be like a Rick Rubin? It seemed as 100%. though, like, he's like, Okay, you guys like you guys are hardcore punk, and they really were, they were like in that scene playing at CBGB's, all of that stuff, yeah, bad brains, all of that kind of stuff, yep, yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if Rick Rubin's like, Yeah, 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 that's great, but. I want to like, and like, it's it's not like uh, thrash metal was popular music or maybe it was more popular and you just saw it as like some sort of stepping stone, like some way to like elevate them a little bit yeah. because the Carrie King thing is really strange. Well, it's it's, very it's odd. To not me. though.
0: If you, if you look at Rick Rubin, I mean, he produced, he produced Rain and Blood. Blood. He produced, oh, uh, he was so like, yeah, so King was he was the the already or working or with Slayer. And yeah. and Rick Rubin, when he was in in uh, college, university, yeah, that's when he met the, the guys from the BC Boys, and and they were they were still high school kids, and they were hanging out with him in his college dorm, hanging yeah. out, listening to music, going to clubs. They were really good friends in their in their youth before License to Ill, before you know way back, um, and that sort of evolved where he had these ideas and he's like, okay, do you want to try and work on the, like, do you want to do a project together? And that's kind of where License to Ill came out. So so crazy.
1: It, uh, it's just crazy. And does anyone know how they made that transition from punk to hip hop? Like what
0: was it? Mike D was it? They, they were all into it. I mean, they, they started off as a punk band and they had, yeah. Uh, you know, a different drummer and a different bass player cycling through over over a couple years uh, until it kind of came down to the three cats that we know. And yeah. then you know they they all had the 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 old school hip hop influence. They that's what they did. That's what they loved. So they just you know tried it out, and it just worked. And then bringing back, I mean, when, when you look at License to Ill, and it was all that. Uh, that era of hip hop and then you go to to Paul's Boutique and it's a complete change because you get a different producer making completely different songs and and, and I mean that that album was so ahead of its time it nobody nobody got it for I still kind of don't you know, get it man I don't know that's I don't like <laughs> it, I, I think it.
2: that's my least favorite oh really Paul's boutique yeah.
0: it is my favorite Oh, that's funny! That's funny. It is my I favorite. Was, I was going to ask, out
1: of the two, the first two, which one do you guys prefer?
0: Paul's boutique is my favorite, only because okay. it's so unique. Uh, I, yeah, like there's there's no other album, even even all the, out of all of their studio albums, it's the only one that's front to back, where I think it's it's brilliant from front to back, where you go. Licensed to Ill, I like almost all the songs on there. And, and, and they're all perfect for the time that they came out. and then you go check your head and license to ill, where they're more so, like I said, old school mixtapes. So there's a lot of a lot of filler in there. Yeah, yeah've got yeah. you've got, but- you've got a, like five really proper songs, structured songs, and then these short little fillers in between that are, are perfect for the album. and I love everything about it, but it just doesn't feel like a, a full album offering, right? But Paul's Boutique is your favorite it out is. of all of them? Yeah. Okay. Like There's, there's songs Flip. on other albums that are huge for me, but as an album, a front-to-back album, Okay. That's, that's my favorite album of theirs. Flip? My favorite album?
1: My, yeah.
2: My favorite album is Hello Nasty.
1: No mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. I, I know, spent a lot of time with that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out like right at kind of the right time for me in 1998 and I had this like I still have it. It's like a pre pre copy of it. It's like a preview copy. Nice. Uh, So I don't actually have a real copy of that album, but I spent a ton of time with that album and I still love it to this day. It's I, I put it on again and I was like, oh, yeah, like this is this. It takes me back. It's good yeah 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 it's good.
1: Uh, what's yours? you okay we, we all got three separate ones. Um, well, just kind of like going back to um, sorry uh, going back to uh, hello nasty I I remember I bought it when it first came out and I bought it off the hype of ill communication
0: Yep. yep
1: and it was good. it was different. It was more like they're embracing like technology Super and they're polished. getting more into sampling, but they're producing the samples themselves, obviously. Yep. And uh, it was good. And then all of a sudden I, I hated it. I couldn't listen to it ever again. And I hadn't really given it a listen up until last week. And I just like, it, it's good. The way that, um, I, I so I've, I've had pro issues with, beastie boys lyrics so there's like the misogynistic stuff which is like super dated but it's um, all a joke that was the thing yeah it's so very it's a joke whatever but sometimes like i don't know i just for me it's it's kind of a tough listen um hello nasty same thing some of the lyrics are just like uh, i know they're they're old school hip-hop and whatnot but like it's some of it's just like Oh, that's that's a tough that's a tough one to <laughs> take seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah, and uh, the, but that
2: is kind of this album. It feels yeah. like it, this album is more tongue in cheek than the rest of them. I feel like this is like,
1: yeah, it's like when I got time, I know how to rhyme. Yeah. What come on, yeah. it's just like okay, yeah. it's kind of poppy. But you know what? Like, ill communication was the soundtrack to my teenage years that album was the bible it was like it was always on in someone's truck or car it was always on at a party it was just like the lyrics to the um the way that it 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 took check your head and just like elevated it to a more mature and just like it was a uh a holistic, I think it was like their peak a hundred percent. It was, they just took every influence. I mean, you got like hardcore punk, you got crazy weird sort of like Latin beats and jazz and like funk, like root down. And like, they put it all together in a way, which is just perfect. And I just remember like thinking I wanted to be these guys. I wanted to be ad rock so bad. (laughs) Like, yep. And um, it's funny because I remember you guys made like a, a sabotage video in like grade eight or grade nine. And uh, you just have to go to YouTube and type in sabotage. And like, is it on there?
2: No. <laughs> oh,
1: God. No, sorry, dude. Oh, man. I was, I was like,
2: I want to see it. I want to see this video. I, I mean, real quick. Who has it? I have no idea. It's like this like white whale it. that nobody could find. I mean, long oh, story man, short so on funny. this, like we had a media project in grade nine where we were supposed to say like these two lines about, like, do you have a pen? Yes, I do. No, I don't, or whatever. And that was supposed oh, to be yeah, the end of the right. scene. So, But we were like, well, let's take it. A little further So and you were supposed To use all these Different camera shots And like show how You know uh, how to do All this stuff Like back in Whatever 1989 Whatever it was right No it was long it was, it was like ni- <laughs> It was like, 93, like 95 94. 93 Well 94 Because Sabotage <laughs> Is out yet. Came out in 94 There you 94. go So it was 94 So uh, anyways, we had this whole thing with I—I I was the school custodian, and then we, somebody kicked a locker because I did. I told them that they didn't have a pen, and then the whole thing was us running through the school to sabotage. <laughs> yeah. There was no other no other sound but just sabotage, and we ended up jumping off the roof and like making it look yeah. like we jumped off the roof and like. Anyways, it's this, it was, oh, I
1: mean, it was so funny.
2: It was, yeah, it was like this kind of epic video of like our childhood that we had made and it was like, you know, really cheaply done in the like St. Clement, you know, media room. So anyways, that's kind of, yeah, we had that. Uh, and when you said it was on YouTube, I got all excited because I thought, I, oh, I haven't no, seen man. it in
1: like, I don't know, I don't even know how many years, but. But other kids have done the same thing, right? Like, it's just one of those things where I think the Beastie Boys, they were, they had their finger on the pulse. They, they were sort of like doing this throwback to the 70s with like Starsky and Hutch, whatever, cop shows. And like, it was something different. And it, it was, it it was like for like a 14 year old kid, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, on top of like, Good music, and I just like from fourteen to eighteen, it was just like I had it like somewhere. Like I would go to someone's house, it'd be playing. I go in someone's car, it would be playing. It was just yeah, yeah, it was a staple.
0: Yeah, I I definitely put in my time with those albums too. Exactly the same, you know, path that you did with that, but uh, because I because I mean, when Sabotage hit, that that's what really you know grabbed. I guess us, um, you know, when, when you have got sabotage or you got so what you want, yeah, the, those were probably the first two, uh, you know, at that at that what you want was age like, of consuming music or uh, or yeah. whatever. That's that's kind of what grabbed me the most. I still remember, you know, their their first uh, videos for you know uh, what was it? Uh, Fight for right to party and whatever. When right, you know, being very young, just kind of being on the background of much music or. Or whatever it is so like, you yeah. not understanding it at that age but but remembering that it was there in the background and then getting to an age where you understand music and all you want to do is consume it and that's you know check your head
1: most definitely and i remember seeing gratitude and what you want on much music yep. and just being like this is awesome like gratitude they have like the um uh not the Wurlitzer, but the um, what's the spinning speaker behind them? the leslie,
0: leslie the yeah. Leslie
1: with the Hammond and like um, our, uh, MCA has like the giant stacks, and they're playing like right next to like a volcano or some sort of hot springs or something, and it's just like it's weird you get this like it in check your head, they sort of they're they're taken out of New York and they're being placed in nature. Cause same thing. What you want? Like you are yeah. in a forest, and they're like wrapping on top of you yeah. with like this weird sort of effect going on, yeah. and it's just like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: It, 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 totally, totally. And it just gets weirder, kind of from there. Really, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the rest <laughs> of the stuff kind of just gets stranger. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's a good. It, Progression and even did, did you guys listen to the five burrows when it came out? Like, did you have time for that? Oh, yeah, 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 100%. That's the 2004 release, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, again, I, I liked a lot of songs in this album so too. Good. Like, yeah, you know, so good. yeah, um, I mean, I don't put it in my my top three, but it, there's lots of tracks on here where I'm like, I, I remember again, I'm like, I remember this. This is, yeah, I listened to this a lot. I had this one, I remember it was one of the first ones I had that was like one of those non like burnable cds or whatever yeah like it was oh, like really? a yeah it was like a it had like a seal on it i remember it was like very official it was it was like, yeah. I, uh, yeah. like a hologram or something kind of yeah it was like a seal uh. right on it that said like if you burn this like we'll know yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if
1: you don't like it then hey fuck Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) put a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. (laughs) Yeah, like those are still good lines,
0: right? Like that's yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I like that, uh, to the five boroughs better than Hello Nasty. Oh, you do? Hey, I think I think that sits higher for me in the list. Uh,
2: yeah, Uh, like I if you listen to like uh, on Hello Nasty, like if you listen to I mean, right from the beginning, Super Disco Breakin' is good. The Move is probably the best song on the entire album, track two. Um, Sneaking Out the Hospital is great. Um, yeah. It just even the, the the non-hits on this album, Electrify is good. Instant Death is good. Yeah. There's so many songs that are just, it's a totally different album, I guess, than the rest of them, and I think that's why I liked it.
1: Right, yeah. And, you know,
0: and, and, you know- Having a release after the whole nine eleven, yeah, deal. I mean this this album is is totally a you know a love letter to New York and and every bit and piece of of the boroughs. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's so good. So it was it, it had a, it was a little more special with that. I guess it was the that coloring over it, the hot right? way three the hot way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's.
1: I think it's one of these albums that I should pick back up again because i remember it came out and it was great
0: i had it. check it out
1: (laughs) yeah i mean like the ones that like the singles are are hard for me yeah like on the burrows check it out it's it's good it's better than intergalactic i cannot listen to intergalactic anymore that one is that's a skip i i I don't listen to (laughs) any hits yeah on those any album but yes i agree with you and
0: then um
1: hot sauce committee
0: part two well there was the mix-up in in 2007 that was the the full instrumental album they did
1: yeah uh yeah i'm hot and cold on this on this album yeah me too
2: there is there is a one solid track on this album again it's track two on Nonstop disco power pack it is so good it just if you haven't listened to that crank that one yeah yeah, track two is, is it's real good. But yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, uh, you know. It's the last one, and yeah. Yeah. Is this a QR code on the cover?
0: Kind of looks like it. I don't think oh, it is, but it kind of looks like it. I didn't even think about that. It could have been. Try it with your phone. See if yeah, it takes you see somewhere. See what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I remember it being like a pretty decent album. And uh I don't know, maybe because of that video with uh, What's-His-Face and What's-His-Face. Well,
0: it had all the the movie stars and the the comedians and the. everybody wanted to be involved in it. And yeah, that that was the biggest thing that stood out for me. I I listened to it a couple times, the whole album a couple times. Um, I'm going to have to sit with it again or give it a rest and then sit with it again. But uh, it's definitely not something on my top, top list, but... um, yeah, it was it, it was pretty cool what they were trying to do anyway and even with that video but yeah. I do, I do recommend
2: the Beastie Boys book because this is I got Whoa. I got this from the library <laughs> but this I, I there's no way you can get through this in like this is a coffee table book like this is something you kind of like go through yeah over a long period of time like there's like comics in here there's like Pictures galore. There's all these, like, just awesome, just, like, short stories, like, uh, of different things that, like, you would never have known about, right? Like, you know, we were talking about Rick Rubin. One one real short one was, uh, it was right around the time of um, Check Your Head, I think, and Rick Rubin and Ad Rock are in New York City and hanging out, and they go and see the Butthole Surfers, and... <laughs> And then at the end of the gig, go and see Gibby backstage and hang out with him for a bit and then leave and go to this after-hours club and uh, Ad Rock is walking down the street. with Rick Rubin looks behind him and there's a guy coming up behind him with like a gigantic like hunting knife. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden he's like, the, this car pulls up next to a red light and it's like a 1970s beat-up Buick Riviera and uh ad rock's like hey man he's like i think that's gibby and he's like (laughs) yo hey yo and he's like hey man hop in and uh he's like and that's how the butthole surfer saved my life that's so awesome (laughs) (laughs) so it's just kind of like stuff like that he was like you know one thing about lollapalooza too they were wanted to play uh they got asked to play Lollapalooza, and uh, they found out that Nirvana was headlining, and they were they were like, "Yes, we're in." They all had all three of them had respect for Nirvana. They're like, "This is fantastic." And then Kurt Cobain died, and they said now the headlining act was supposed to be them, and but they never ever he never says Smashing Pumpkins because he calls them like Billy Pumpkin and Corgan. <laughs> oh, yeah, he he won't refer to him as Smashing Pumpkins, but it was like this whole thing where they were like no, like, we don't want to do this. And they're like, well, what can we do? And they're like, well, we want to pick who we headline with. And they're like, well, what are your bands that you want to do? So they come back with, like, L7, A Tribe Called Quest, yep, all yep, these, th- yep. like, different bands, right? And they're like, uh eh, no, like, we kind of want to go with, like, Smashing Pumpkins, right? And so they ended up doing it with Smashing Pumpkins, but all those other bands got added to the list. So when you look at Lollapalooza, it's like L7. Tribe Called Quest. It's like all these different bands got added. So they just added them on, right? They're just like, let's get my buddies onto this, and now you're on playing Lollapalooza. So oh, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) It's just funny. It's just like kind of stream of consciousness stories that go along with the with the book too, right? It's just like, you know, and, and we gave a ride to the guy from the Verve. During Lollapalooza, and he told my, my <laughs> sister's dad or something like that. So, my not my sister's dad, my sister that uh, he, he's a time traveler, and that was Lollapalooza. And then yeah. it's like the next page, right? <laughs> like, it's just like it, it's it's good stuff. Like, it's just and like I said, the pictures alone are
0: uh, are worth it, yeah. And, and it's really cool going back to their tour history. I mean, when you when I, I, I want to buy that book, I've been wanting it's been on my list for a while, and I just keep forgetting, but. Um, you know, going back to their first tour in 85, uh, you know, supporting Madonna, you know, so they, they go on the road to oh, Madonna yeah. and everybody in Madonna's audience hate them because they're, right. you know, they're, yeah. they're crazy rude. and rude and, and not, you know, not at all. Yep. Yeah. And, and I mean, like they, like proper what you would think hardcore you know people starting fights and throwing beer cans and they're just right in it and and just trying to survive and you know every night they were like well the the crowd hates us so why are we here and madonna you know kept keeping them because she loved you know she loved what they were doing so but uh it it was funny with that one because she initially wanted run dmc and they couldn't afford run dmc for that tour so they got beastie boys (laughs) because oh, yeah. <laughs> Run, Run DMC was too big. but uh, it, And it was kind of cool, too, because they ended up touring with Run DMC on the next tour in 86. Uh, That's so bizarre. You've got Hunter. this, like, party music, yeah. whatever
1: group, and then what album was Madonna supporting? Uh, virgin. Like a like virgin. virgin, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was the, the version guess, tour. I guess. I mean, that's a very odd mix. Like, it well, doesn't. She, she just wanted the Run DMC sound, and they were very similar on that album. I mean, it was. Uh, well, I mean, e- even with that album, I don't think it was released yet. No, it wasn't. Ill Communication wasn't out yet when they were on that tour. So they were doing songs, Ill, or, and they were uh, still talking Yeah, Ill Communication or, yeah, Ill, Ill Communica- or uh, License to Ill so they nice were they yeah. were out on tour with Madonna on the 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 Virgin tour in 85 and you know they they were making phone calls back to Rick Rubin it's like we're you know where's our album where you know we don't have an album here it's still being mixed and mastered and at the same time Rick's working on like four other projects for for all these other bands and you know they they get off the road with with Madonna and then they finally release the album and then okay now they're supporting Run-DMC and then um, you know, go to '87, license to ill tour. They're open. They're supporting Public Enemy, right? And, and on and on. Uh, what, what's the other? What the, they did another tour there in '87 with Run DMC, and then they had to shut it down because they were just exhausted and sick of each other. And and for the most part, they they basically almost broke up after that. They were just done. That's why they took a couple of year break between that and uh, Check Your Head. No, because they had Paul's Boutique in there. Uh, Yeah. So there's a break between that and Paul's Boutique. So,
1: yeah, they worked every like four to five years. Yeah. Pretty close. 86, 89,
0: 2000, or 92, 94, 98.
1: Yeah. 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 They had like a a good, like breathing room. Mm -hmm. They had some like, uh, you know space between their albums which is also a really nice idea if if you're able to do that if you're able to be a band that is going to like stand the test of time right um you sort of like you know um you don't oversaturate no pe- you know the the radio with with uh you know a bunch of stuff but it almost seemed as though that was sort of happening towards the end right
0: There was huge space in between. I mean, you go from '98 to 2004 to 2007, but it was it was everything after "Ill Communication" was like they they put out an album at the perfect time where where you're like you're there's a couple of years in between. You're like, you kind of forget about Beastie Boys for a bit and you're doing other stuff. And then as soon as you start yeah, exactly. thinking of, Hey, I wonder it's been a long time since I've heard of Beastie Boys album. What do they do? And then wham, they put on another one and then it happens again, you know, hello nasty comes out and then you drift away and you do some other stuff. And then wham in 2004, they come up with another one at the perfect time, just as people are thinking, Hey, what's happened to the Beastie Boys? I haven't seen them in a long time. And it, it, yeah. that's, that's kind of the end of their career where, as soon as you start kind of forgetting about them, they hit it at the perfect time. So,
2: well, and you know what? Another good release for me was, and maybe this is like the uh, the version of what we do now and go back to these albums, and listen to them all over again. But when I listened, I I, I grabbed uh, that Sounds of Science the compilation. Oh, 90- <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, I wanted to, yeah, ninety nine. You guys remember that exactly. one, right? Yeah, yeah. so like. Yeah, You know, and then I, I kind of, I bought that because, I mean, I wanted um Alive. I love a live. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. that song. It's so good. Um, And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I kind of forgot about these other songs and I didn't have them on there. And then it kind of got me back into it again, right? So that was, yeah, that was 99. So then it, <laughs> I kind of forgot. So it was like, like you said, Mike, too, like it kind of, you know, Hello Nasty. And then they come out with the anthology and you're like, oh, yeah, like. And there's yep. these songs too, right? right? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I had a lot of. Did you guys listen too? to uh, Aglio e Olio? No, I didn't put no? any time on that one.
1: Um, not bad. It's all like so they did a whole bunch of like hardcore stuff for Ill Communication, and this was the stuff that didn't make oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They that had, was like, that
0: was the stuff they were doing with the previous band before they changed their name, wasn't it? I think so. Or, I mean, like,
1: they definitely had roots in, like, hardcore punk, but I think. The young they, Aborigines, then? Time. Yeah, but no, this was stuff that they had recorded for ill communication, because okay. there's, like, Heart Attack Man, and what else? There's, there's like, two sort of, like, punk rock songs on ill communication, but they had recorded, like, out 10 or 20 other yeah, ones. like, beat size outtakes kind of thing. Yep. yeah 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 and so that's what this album is and it's not bad like it's um there's eight songs i think it's like a 10 minute uh ep oh like, it's short yeah right. i see that sounds about right <laughs> it's super Hard-board, short um, two,
0: two one minute songs <laughs> yeah exactly
1: which makes it like a, an interesting listen yeah. like I, i'll probably listen to it again i was unaware this album existed but i i have heard a couple of these songs before and I wasn't sure where I heard them yeah. from and I think it might have been from the anthology. Probably, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like the anthology had like, I don't know if they had any of this because it had like just the hits. It was basically like, and it was two discs. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, same thing with me. Like I didn't know this existed either and I didn't listen to it in my like scroll through it. But, uh, and same thing with the mix-up. Like,
0: yeah. Right. When yeah. did this album happen? Two thousand and seven? I, I two thousand and seven. I remember them dropping it and I listened to it a few times. I, I wasn't in the, the headspace to to completely um, it could have been so much better. Really? Yeah. They they did what they needed yeah. to do at the time. I, I underst I kinda understand yeah. what they did, but like they didn't put it out to yeah. be a hits album. They just kind of put it out to, to get it out, you know. Yeah, yeah it's like what, twelve Jam...
1: It's all just jam tracks, yeah, yeah. but um. I, I watched two videos too.
2: Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the Joan Rivers. Did you see the Joan Rivers uh, show
0: one? No, I didn't see that one.
2: Okay, no. I, I mean, they're doing Fight for Your Right. They're lip syncing it, yeah, uh, and they're just acting like absolute idiots. And yeah. they ended up giving Joan Rivers some kind of book on like extended orgasms or something like that, <laughs> and like you know. It, but I mean, she handles it pretty well. And then the other one I was watching was American Bandstand with Dick Clark. <laughs> And (laughs) it's just like, you know, so family friendly. He's like sitting in the audience. It's like America's Funniest Home Videos, right? Like just like, and now like the Beastie Boys and, you know, obviously, (laughs) you know, you know what you're going to get, right? (laughs) So, you know, it just, it just doesn't fit with that whole, that whole thing, but just some good going back to some of those videos. And, you know, even the, you know, the, I shot that, you know, concert, yeah video so too good. right what a brilliant idea right just to give everybody you know these people you know camcorders and you shoot it and we'll compile all the footage right together yeah. like
0: oh what's that you haven't seen that dude i don't think yeah, so. so they gave camcorders to a bunch of people in different spots of the arena that they were playing and yeah. everybody recorded from where they were sitting or standing or whatever and at the end no they bring the camcorders back and they made the music video out of all bits and pieces of what everyone recorded the whole concert so the, the whole concert dvd is yeah oh whoa
1: what's the name of it's that called, i think it's uh,
0: called awesome i fucking shot that 2006 oh
1: awesome yeah it's so good <laughs> I dude watch it's that. so good <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, really cool. Man.
2: I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but I've seen <laughs> it a couple of times and it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And you know, I went huh. back to that uh, Horatio Hornblower, uh, you know, taking over the MTV yeah, uh, yep. music awards, right when uh, REM when they lost for "Sabotage" video and mm-hmm. REM Everybody Hurts" won, and oh, so Michael yeah. St- Michael Stipe's walking on stage there, and His then quote unquote Uncle, M- yeah, MCA comes on dressed as Horatio Hornblower, and he's yeah. like. Oh yeah! Oh, I've been waiting, you know, my whole life for Spike Jones to win this award, and he didn't. He didn't win it. Now this yeah, happened, right? and I, you know. I came up with all the ideas for Star Wars, and <laughs> 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 and that's when he got hauled off. And then Michael Stipe's like, I think that was Cindy Lauper. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but just it was just good. Oh, It was, yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in that book too, they talk a lot about Yock and like just his like his whole presence and like yeah. what he was about, and it seems like it, like a really cool guy, like um yeah. you know, aside from different things, but like you know, obviously they they talk pretty highly about him in the book and just talk more about <clears throat> him than anybody yeah. else kind of thing, so yeah. um, you know, and that was one that kind of like hit me. You know, like you think yeah. about like some of these deaths that you've had in music that, you know, some are like, oh, that's too bad. Or like, oh, I saw that coming, or, you know, well, that was borrowed time. Yeah. But it, there's a few of them where you're just like, damn. Wow. Like, yeah. It's you like know, like, oh,
0: cancer. Awesome. Now what? Yeah. yeah. I just
2: I, I put that. Sorry, ra- Dan, go ahead.
1: No, you, you
0: well, finish, I was just going <laughs> to say, like,
2: I just remember hearing that he had like, you know, some like cancer in his tongue or something like that. I heard that on like the news and I was like. Okay, I'm like, right. that's not bad. Like, that should be fine, right? And then it was, like, very quick, and then all of a sudden he was gone, and it was just, I was like, whoa, like, it just, yeah. it was super fast, right? So.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so sad. Uh,
1: I remember him, they were doing, like, a couple of live shows, and um, they had a, a guy that would, like, support, like, not support him, but, like, rap for yeah. him when he got tired. Yeah. And it was like, oh man. Yeah, I put that right up there with Gord Downey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like you go until you cannot go anymore. And it just proves how much love he had for his art and, yeah. you know, fans and, and, and everything else. Right. And it's, well, it's, it's another one of those crazy. groups that you
0: grew up with too, right? Oh, like yeah. that you were yeah. all along yeah. the way. Right. It's like two generations. Yeah. Of, of fans that, that you know, when you start back in 86 and you go all the way to 2011, you're touching a lot of, you know, you're touching a lot of people. So it's, uh, yeah, they've always been there, really, for as long as I can remember, so.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I mean, like, I'm, like
1: going back to what I said earlier, I mean, um, just watching um, that bass lick, just mm-hmm. like trying to learn it, was simple enough, but like, it's been burned into my head. Every time I pick up a bass, like yeah. I'll I'll take a second and play that riff because it's so fun. Yeah. It's so funky. Yeah, um, it, it totally. Yeah.
2: And you know, I I also think of Sambrosa off of that album, and that was like kind of one of my oh yeah my first like kind of introductions to like even the wah wah pedal on like a song, and I was just like, <sighs> whoa, like this is awesome, right? It was right? just so like funky
1: <laughs> and it, it, like nothing I had really ever heard before you know yeah and i I just i think we just need to spend a little bit of time on on check your head because you know going from this sort of like surface level kind of you know i mean they they had to get noticed somehow and and that's those were the first two albums but this one it seemed incredibly genuine and that's what i remember as a kid like seeing that and it was something which was inspirational and Couldn't really put my finger on what it was. Like, it it wasn't rap, which, you know, the other rap artists, like, during that time, I don't even know. 92, I guess it was, like, NWA and, like...
0: Oh, you got House of Pain. Uh, You got Jump Around that came out around that time. You've got Cypress Hill that came out. Well, their their first... Well, sorry. Their second album came out just after that, the uh, Black Sunday, but they already had their first album out. So that was, you know, that was catching traction, so... And you had like, um, you had the the sort
1: of like uh, cross pollination, right? Like you had uh, Anthrax and NWA, uh, like one of the best. And you had
0: Aerosmith and uh, Run DMC, and then you yeah. had what we talked about before the the Judgment Night, a Judgment Night soundtrack. It yeah. was all like right, right, right there.
1: So, and, and maybe that was a a better example of like bands that could do it, like rather than a cross pollination of two bands coming Mm -hmm. together and and making something interesting. Like for me, check your head was like, holy shit, they can do this too. Like I was, I was familiar with like fight for your rate and all that stuff. But like, I was like, oh my God, like they're all playing instruments. Yeah.
2: What? It, it, and I remember <laughs> I saw the first time I saw them do that too. The same thing. I was just yeah. like, they do this too. Like this yeah. is, yeah. you know, and it was funny because I showed my girls, uh, that Letterman one. Right. And then I showed them yeah. another Letterman one where they were not on the instruments. They were all just, and Mix master Mike was behind there. Right. And she's like, oh, who yeah. are they? And it was, they were older. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we're, are right. these the same? Is this the same band? Like, is this the same group? And I'm like yeah, yeah, the same guy, yeah. same guys, right? And then she's like, well, they do that too. And I'm like, yeah, they do that too. Like, yeah, you know, they got that gear too, right? So yeah, uh, a, a, a double, triple threat, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, and I mean, some of the best Most MCs, definitely. I mean, you know, we talk about unra- underrated MCs, you know, and we talked about Zach De La Roca being one of those, I think, you know, mm-hmm. when you watch them live and when you watch them and they're tight, when they're tight, yeah, yes. it's just like, whoa, oh, it just like, flows yeah. like and you're just like, yeah. yeah, you know, and they can just feed off of each other. It's it's impressive, you know, but um I don't know. You know, that's a
1: subjective list, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely have that stamp of approval of a you know, a musician who is able to express themselves through like different, you know, mediums, whatever. Right. Like there's definitely like a, a tip of the hat towards th- that sort of thing if you're able to like pick up an instrument or freestyle or yeah. produce or or whatever like they did it all yeah. and like um I just I and 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 on top of that, like live shows just making the the hair on your arms stand up. what album were they supporting when it was like the round stage? Mm. I think it was either check your head or ill communication. Right. It was in the round. And I just remember that being the most insane, amazing thing I've ever seen. And that's when they're tight. It's like the crowd is all over there. The stage is in the middle of whatever stadium. Like, you know, and uh, it's insane. And they're just walking around this circle. And I think like Dane Cook stole that. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody uh, else (laughs) after
0: that. Anyway. I I don't think he stole that. I just think he got so popular that that's how it had to be. When, yeah. when you're selling yeah. that many tickets that's how you change it is you have the round otherwise you're wasting yeah. seats but and and
1: what of what a crazy way to like put on a show especially like a show that is like rap funk yeah. rock yeah. latin like um you, you everything name it. like all of, yeah all of the influences that i guess like and, and they were always like you know giving new york like um their gratitude for giving them those influences, right? Yeah, yeah so. totally.
2: And it's kind of cool too. Like it, w- even on Hello Nasty, they said that they recorded like all in different, they wanted to record in different spots in New York City. So they wanted to yep. go back. So they were just like did all these different spots and it's been recorded in like, I don't know how many places, but they're all in New York City and just different yep. places that they really? have. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that was cool, too, uh, just that their kind of dedication to, to New York City, too. I mean, they hang out in L.A., too, but it's kind of been yeah. New York from the
0: beginning, well, right? Well, that was a big thing, too. I mean, right from the start, you got you got their New York for License to Ill, and then they took their long break, and move, they, they all ended up moving to Los Angeles at, for Paul's Boutique. They ended up getting yeah. together with Dust Brothers because they were... Looking for a project, and it just kind of happened. So Paul's boutique was was all LA, and then they take their break for Check Your Head, and with, with Check Your Head, it was all them. So it was all their ideas, all their production, because uh, they they got out of their they had to get out of their contract from uh, Def Jam, right for, for those first <clears throat> two albums so they got out of that uh, out of their contract and they started their own record label and then they did their own thing it's like okay well let's get back to instruments instead of full samples because we've you know on paul's boutique we've we we've done everything sample wise (laughs) that you could ever do because we've just done it all there's not another sample that you could sample kind of a kind of a a, kind of a deal and then they you know they, they they pulled out their own thing they did their own idea for for check your head and it was just perfect timing okay let's do instruments and then you know it, was, it the the grunge thing was starting to happen and and it just went hand in hand with all that right uh, yeah. in the book the ad rock
2: said that he would go to to salvation army and grab and buy as many uh the cheapest vinyl he could find and he would just bring it all home and listen to it nonstop to see if he could find any samples. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he found a sample, he'd be like, time stamp it, like call everybody be like, right. listen to this. like This yep. is the the best. And they just like play it again and play it again and loop it, right? And then yeah. that's kind of how it all started. And then, yeah, I think that they just had all these piles of samples. It was like, where can we put this one in? Where can we put yep. this one in?
0: It's just like, you know. Well, that that's how it goes that's how it all started with the whole dj thing and scratch dj's like um there was a there was a documentary that came out in what probably before 2000 anyway maybe around 2000 and it was called scratch and it it gives the whole history of scratch dj's from start to finish and and how big of an influence it was in new york and and just looking at you know cats like uh, african Africa Bamada, and how they crafted their sound from just digging through record crates and going through, going to every record store they could ever find, and and pulling out these these hooks and loops that no one had ever heard before. You know when, when yeah. you've got hip hop and they're they're taking from funk beats uh, from you know seventies funk albums and R and B albums, and then. You know they they come up with so, something out of a, a rock album that nobody in their area has ever heard before, and they just loop the one hook, and that makes all the songs, and it blows the party up every time. And then you, you get into get in, <laughs> later on, you get into guys like DJ Shadow and DJ Qbert, and once again, mix master Mike. I mean, the, these guys these oh, guys wow. were so yeah. tight for for so much of it, and and that's that's the other part that I got into. Again, because I was big into that when uh, DJ Shadow came out with Introducing, in what was that 96? 90, 96. So ninety six, he came out with Introducing, and DJ Qbert had a bunch of stuff that I got into, and it's just unreal seeing, you know, that what they did with the genre and how it 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 weaves into the stuff the Beastie Boys were doing and. And, and and just taking things to all these other different levels—it's just mind-blowing. And on Letterman,
2: in '94, they've got both of those things going. Right? They've yeah. got they Mix master Mike's not there at that the performance, but they've got somebody on on, on turntables. They got somebody on Oregon. What, they've do got
0: you what year that was? '94. '94. So that yeah. would have been. Yeah. That would have probably been DJ Hurricane. Yeah, that would have been DJ yeah, Hurricane. Exactly. Yeah. And he he yeah. was with them for- and he bounced. Yeah, well he he couldn't make enough money with them. That was the thing. I mean he yeah. was on. Yeah. He you know the only time that he worked like he was he had to work with them, and you know he, they would drop an album and then they wouldn't do anything for a while, so you have to wait. So it got to the point where he had to just kind of quit. But yeah. from eighty seven yeah. to what was it ninety eight? It was DJ Hurricane, and then Mixmaster Mike came in in ninety eight ninety nine. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, it's, and, it's, and he, he he brought his his Wawa on the turntable. Waka, 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 waka. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I
1: love that. Um, what album is that? What he's off calling Hello them? He's like, yo, yeah, yo, I want to work with yeah. you. Uh, I got this thing, it's called the uh, yeah. it's Hello Nasty KM
0: season one DJ. Yeah. Isn't
1: yeah. that the one? Yeah, yeah, hey, yo, at, hey, yeah. yo Adam, Who
0: Makes master Mike, what you got to say? <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: I'm just looking at the, um, because, uh, Mike, you mentioned that they had their their own record label, Grand Royal. I'm just looking at the artists that were on that label.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's a lot. I mean, no wonder they went under. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people here that I have never heard of before. Uh, But some of them that um, are interesting. Okay, so Atari Teenage Right, heard of. Yeah, they got big Put a tune to my head at the drive. They got pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I
0: was a fan. Cool stuff. Yeah.
1: Brand Van 3000. They had oh, some big man. Hits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DJ Hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Sean Lennon?
0: Yeah, it's John Lennon's son, yeah.
2: That they they, they yeah. bunch of that Hello Nasty stuff. They couldn't find recording space and Sean Lennon's the guy who hooked them up with that and uh Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, in New York City and there was a bunch of things that they that Ad Rock said that he was it had it was full of gear too. This like this the space and he's like yeah. some of the some of the gear. It had like a uh, what do you call those things? Uh, you guys know, probably know what it was like the it was like a label, like those old school label makers where you had to like turn the dial and like kind of click yep. it out and like yep. it, oh, it embossed. Yeah, it. And like guys it. And it just, yeah, label like maker. It, He's like, it is John Lennon <laughs> is like embossed in, in no all these, like way.
1: on the guitar. It's just like John Lennon. That's it's awesome. Like, thanks, Sean. Yeah. Thanks. Thank thanks you. for this. It's funny because on Gratitude, um, they show some of their equipment. It says Pink Floyd. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, just sort of like it looks super old and says Pink Floyd on the side. So very cool. Yeah, they're into other people's gear, I guess. Whatever was Um, in the studio. Money Mark, obviously. Yep. And let's see, is there anyone else? I. That's all I recognize here. But interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Not not as viable. I mean, it was a good
1: idea, I think, to start. But yeah. And they put out like a magazine or something, yeah. Again. It just, yeah,
0: there's just too much going on, so
1: yeah, dead fucking last. I'm gonna check that band out. That sounds cool.
2: <laughs> uh, a couple uh points here, just random ones that didn't, yeah, I had written down here. They didn't random out. points, ba, 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 Random. if you're still random, you'll well, we'll have an to have this in your hour, section.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have this a new uh, a new uh, what do they call that segment? A segment. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah the new segment: random points that didn't make random, the cut. Random uh, shit. I, well, I didn't know that beastie was a acronym. Did you guys know that? Oh, I thought it was
1: just like a gross I heard little animal. <laughs> no.
2: Okay, so I found I found this out. I didn't know it is boys entering anarchistic states
0: toward internal excellence. I think that was made up by media.
2: No, it's in the book. Really, it's in the book. Because then they're like, huh. it w- it's in the and book, then they're man. like, we thought it was even more stupid because then they're like, when you add boys to it, it doesn't make sense because it already has boys in the first one. And <laughs> right. they're like, that's kind of why we did it too because it was just kind of like stupid. Yep. So, yeah, that yeah, boys entering anarchistic states towards internal excellence, boys. <laughs> <laughs> boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like uh, MCA had a uh, thing in his will that said that noth- nothing can be used. Nothing, n- no music use. that he's made can be used in any advertising or yep. any kind of. Uh, awesome.
1: They're just like, oh, shit.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're like
1: <laughs> Ford, <Yeah>. Microsoft. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, no So
2: what you, what you, what you want yeah. <laughs> A new Bronco <laughs> I that. A new Bronco, that's what I want
0: What you, what you want
2: Yeah So I thought that was pretty I mean, that was cool And I mean, that whole thing that happened at the beginning With the With the The kooky Puss, the, how oh, they yeah, made yeah, that yeah. money and everything oh, yeah. Right. right? Yeah, And the British yeah. Airways and stuff, and it was kind of cool oh, cause Yeah ad rocks like they got paid uh with the settlement of that they got paid ten thousand dollars each and he's like yeah and he's like that is he's like let me remind you he was like i was working at a ice cream parlor so he's like i got paid ten thousand dollars he's like and the first thing i did he's like i was i wanted this black rickenbacker electric guitar
0: He's like, it was 250 dollars and that's the first thing i went and bought with it (laughs) so yeah thanks for ripping us off thanks for the money yeah, it was, the, it was the first money they had ever made as artists. Yeah, really, first big money, anyway.
2: Ooh. It was getting play in the clubs, like yeah. it was, you know, and he's still working at the ice cream parlor. Yep, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. that's insane. Um, and I think, well, yeah, I like the, the, the one thing about uh, the sabotage video. Uh, they were supposed to. Spike Jones told them that, like months before that they were supposed to grow facial hair for the video, <laughs> and when they showed up, nobody we had couldn't. facial hair. They said, "Ad Rock <laughs> and Yock said they forgot, and Mike yeah. D said he couldn't grow any." So it's impossible. Like,
1: yeah, but then I mean, I mean, it's so much. Better. Yeah, it's the fake. It it the so fake facial better. hair
2: is what makes that whole.
0: The whole look, the whole vibe of the whole thing. Totally. They, they so, nearly weren't even yeah. going to release that Serendipity, album. Serendipity, man. Released yeah. that, that music video. And, you know, it was, they, they thought, the record company thought that it was too cheesy to release. And that's what made it brilliant. Yeah. The cheese factor. Totally. Yeah.
2: It just worked. Just yep. worked. Uh, last point going back to ill communication, the cover of ill communication. Yep. Uh, is this picture from like 1964 by this guy, Bruce Davidson. Apparently, okay. he's, he's big. I don't know him. But yeah. uh, he said they wanted to use the, the picture, and he said, I, I got to hear the music first. So <laughs> they sent him a, mu- a mixtape uh, of some of the music, and he said, quote, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. <laughs> it sounded like a secret language. <laughs> he said the music so I sent back the music is great you can use the picture <laughs> that's awesome oh man and I just yeah what a great album I yeah man okay, yeah, I got totally. I, I got a t shirt of that still that I still so wear to good. this day yeah. Yeah. really
1: yeah whoa yeah classic
2: yeah.
0: so
1: oh a couple shirts I wish I would have kept I had core oh yeah, yeah.
0: I remember that yeah, you shirt were that, that was core. the one you wore I said till it was just
1: like Threads, see-through oh yeah i've got uh i've got a waste and tragedy shirt which i like cut the sleeves off and like painted a room in apparently and, like there's paint all what's over on it. is it the guy is it the like the guy in the cover uh well it's this little small it's like the small logo oh, at, at the, the bottom. bottom of the oh, shirt okay. and in the back it's like crows and shit oh yeah yeah, and then I have a Ramones shirt from the Waste and Trage- Tragedy Tour. No, sorry, Ramones from El Loco. Oh, fuck. These beers are hitting me. Um, Local <laughs> Local Live. Local live. <laughs> from Local Live. Yeah. But, yeah. I got all those
2: still, man. They're still in my duffel bag, like, out in the garage. Got, oh, yeah, really? I got all of them.
1: Oh, man. I remember Kev had Bad Motor Finger. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure Rob had like some kind of Pearl Jam shirt. Like that's like those were our he had uh, back in, like,
2: <laughs> Siamese guy. dream. He had uh, smashing pumpkins. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there you go Billy
1: Pumpkin.
0: Yep, Billy, Billy Pumpkin. Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: That's the end of my random th- thoughts and random smashing
0: core again. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It. No, the 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 only last little things I had on my list here was going back to Dust Brothers and. Paul's Boutique being my favorite beasties album. Um, just so, some of the albums that that Dust Brothers had produced, and Paul's Boutique was never my first choice. But going back and doing multiple listens and breaking them fair. down, and just being a just you know being a, a music snob about it, I guess it, it came down to that. Um, but fair I, I completely agree with you with with Check Your Head and No Communication being mind blowing and life changing and and that, but uh like at the time and even till now. But uh just just going back with Dust Brothers, I mean he they uh they did uh Beck's hmm Right yeah, in
2: nineteen ninety six. Uh
0: I don't know if you remember the listened to that the other day actually. It's it's still a good album, man. Great album it's still man. a really good album. Yeah. yeah. Uh and then I don't know if you remember in nineteen ninety seven the Spawn soundtrack, the oh, yeah. uh, Todd McFarlane movie Spawn. He uh, he produced. Uh, I, I don't think he did, or I don't think they did all of the songs, but I know they did. Corns uh, kick the PA, and that was a killer. Uh, they did the entire. I, think I had that. Album. It's so good, man. It's it's a really yeah. really good offering. Did they did they work with the Stones too? They did. They did a little bit with the Stones. Uh, I don't recall which that was, yeah, but was I, like... I do remember reading that. Yeah. Like bridges to Babylon, like uh, that kind of Maybe, era. Like yeah 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 huh. yeah. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Fight Club soundtrack, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. They did the entire Fight Club soundtrack, and that is did they? that is a top five movie for me. So that was one of those sure. soundtracks that I listened to more than I probably ever should have. And then the, <laughs> and then the other funny thing that that stood out for me was um, Dust Brothers produced Hanson's Mbop, apparently. No shit. <laughs> so I had a good laugh on that one. But yeah. may, it probably made them $100 million. So,
2: Oh, hell yeah. Those guys were huge.
0: Just the, just the one poppy song, <laughs> man. It, it just, yeah. So And guess, now they're that's, faced out in a motel room somewhere, probably. They're still going, man. Apparently, they're, they're still doing are they stuff. For that? They're on cruise ships. Yeah, they <laughs> making cruise money. Are you? are making Panson. money.
1: <laughs>
0: How so many, many times can...
1: could you play that song? As long as people are paying
0: lots of money, continue.
1: Oh oh my God. That's like, I was listening to Sir Mix a lot today. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm like, what other song could he pop? Like, you go to a Sir Mix a lot concert, you're like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the one? Do I stay real old You better play that fucking booty song oh. in the beginning, man. Because like I'm not gonna go through an hour of fucking. You better play <laughs> that three my new times. album. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about booty.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you made it to this part of the episode to hear hear yeah. that Jim Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we played it three times tonight yeah that's right Right. that's it oh
1: fuck that's it i think that's where we gotta stop right there and stop all right we want you guys to subscribe share and review this podcast keep it going keep it strong because we're having a great time entertaining you guys with b-sides and beers podcast